The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. All right. Businesses are successful when they control their bottom line. That's why more businesses across northern Illinois are partnering with the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program to save on energy costs. Learn more at comed.com slash poweringbiz. Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Barstool Big Cat, host of Pardon My Take, and voluminous tweeter at Barstool Big Cat. It's time for his weekly conversation with Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Tuesday at 4 o'clock, that's when we talk to Barstool Big Cat. He's brought to you by our great friend and partner, R.J. Curcio and the Curcio Law Offices. He's the best. If you need a personal injury attorney, give R.J. a call. 312-321-1111. Store that number just in case. 312 312- Three, two, one, eleven, eleven. RJ's a huge Justin Fields guy too. He wants Justin Fields to thrive. Well, who so doesn't? Bad. Well, I know that he, but he, like he, he's more than just a Bears fan that wants the quarterback. He is a huge Justin Fields guy, and it's also brought to you by Stella Blue Coffee. Get yours at stellabluecoffee.com, and a portion of the proceeds goes to Pause Chicago. Do you know what our Bears' lives, how much better they would be if he was actually the answer for the long run? We could take these draft picks and, and spend them on guys that could help build around him. Well, that's what we were talking about, Big Cat. And First of all, how's your week going? No, no, nothing on your plate, is there? No, I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Everything's great. That's good. That's good. You back in on the quarterback? Uh, no, I'm not backing on the quarterback. He was great, though, on Sunday. Uh, but it's a bigger issue. I Look, watching that game, it was very clear that the, the Broncos have a bad defense and they had a bad defensive plan. And then as soon as they figured out that they had a bad defensive plan and started playing some zone and saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this bad defensive plan, everything came to a screeching halt. And we saw some of the things that we've seen where – Field. Again, he had a great game, so I'm not even like trying to nitpick him. But you know, he, he had a great first 45 wild. minutes. He had a great first 45 minutes, and then when they go to zone and every, and and he doesn't see the guys wide open, which rarely happens in the NFL. And you got to throw for anticipation. You go back to the dump offs and the checkdowns. Um, that game though was way more on Eva Flus. I mean, that he is. It makes no sense what's going on. The Chase Claypool stuff. The fourth down, which I'm fine with going for on fourth down, I would probably kick the field goal because you are a defensive coach and you're basically saying let's take a lead under three minutes and win this game. But the play call was so, so stupid. The shotgun handoff up the middle, like you it's the dumbest thing you can do on fourth and one. So – they, that was an Eberflus game. That was just a pathetic, pathetic performance from the coaching staff. He's done, isn't he? I mean, we've yeah. we've already reached a point, and I don't know how they do it, Big Cat. I joked with Wad. Tomorrow we're doing a, a snake draft, a fantasy snake draft, and we're going to pick 
the worst Chicago coaches. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? We're going to have a full day of misery. Well, at least a segment. I mean, yeah. we might. I mean, when we talk, let's Bears, relive it's a full the Elpo Sue Honan days. Yeah, right? I mean, Why don't like, we do that? Why does yeah. that sound like a good idea? First of all, who would be your number if you had the number one pick uh. of recent memory? Who would be your number one pick of all the worst Chicago coach? Oh man! I mean, recent memory is like there's a who's who. You you might be able to go. I mean, Jim Boylan, Terry uh, Bennington, come on down. Yeah, I think that's in the Benny in Del the Negro. Yeah, huh? Uh, I mean, Tressman's got to be on there. Like, there's is Eberflus worse? Is Eberflus worse I than Tressman? Yeah, well, I as Carmen, Con- what did both of you guys won. say? Like, look, Tressman had the number two offense in the league. Yeah, right. for a year, he won games. The- he made Betty Josh McCown good. He game in 14 yeah. times. Like, think Look, about even Nagy, Nagy, Nagy had, you know, two trips to the postseason in four years. And, and like, McCown tells you that uh, if it wasn't for Mark Trussman, like, he made Josh McCown good. Right. That, you know? Right. Who is Who is Matt Eberflus made good? No one. I uh, no the other team. He, right, I was just going to say. Offense. I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say the Kansas City. Uh, everybody, everyone we faced, he's made good. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so bad, but I also like at this point. I think we're all in agreement that this season is over, uh, and you need to get draft picks. So why would you fire him if he's actually an incredible head coach for a team that's trying to get the first draft pick? You wouldn't want anyone else for the job, right? That is true. Yes, I, we, we were joking today. Like, would you hire anyone off the get upset like the Colts did last year? No, <laughs> they might win it. Jeff Saturday won a game. <laughs> like you, you don't want to. You don't want to flirt with winning a couple games here. Because That's what it's come to. We are asking which television analyst would you f- hire first to coach your football team? Like, really? It's October third for. <laughs> I know, but you I know almost what? said the F word. I know you did. I, I almost said the F word second time in two days. You know what, though? Like, as as bad as it's been, I'm weirdly at peace just because of the fact that we have those two picks. Like that, it could be really bad if we if it was really bad and we didn't have two picks. I'd be feeling a lot different. Like now, I'm just eye on the prize. Panthers lose, Bears lose. Panthers lose, Bears lose. Every Sunday, let's just do it. Let's get it over with. Let's enjoy some other football. We can watch other games. And then let's go into the draft with the one and the two, and we'll change the franchise. Let, like that's, that's the only really? way that you can get up in the morning as a Bears <laughs> Let, Let's talk about that because we had a discussion yesterday about Caleb Williams. And, and if you had the, there's a couple of points on this. Um, and I know there's this one Twitter handle that's I, I like some NFC North thing that I think is a fake site anyway. But there has been some there has been some speculation about Caleb Williams picking and choosing his team anyway, or possibly staying in school because he makes so much money uh, with the NIL. He's already in a Wendy's commercial. He already endorses United. He makes a lot of money anyway. So. Do you believe, because the Bears are such a dumpster fire, that if the Bears got the number one pick through Carolina or through their own badness, that he would ever say no to being the Bears quarterback? Uh, no, I do not. I, I think it's crazy. Like that, he, We had Andy Staples on. He's a college football, great college football reporter. He basically said that Caleb Williams saying that was just that he didn't want to go to Arizona. 
He didn't want to be a Cardinal because he saw what they did to Josh Rosen and go right to Kyler Murray. And they would basically be doing the same thing to Kyler Murray by drafting Caleb Williams. So he's like, it's a, that's an Arizona Cardinal thing. That's not a Chicago Bears thing. Caleb Williams, when they, that report was fake. Don't let people get right, there. Right, right. People are trying to get us out there to come to the third biggest city in the country, to this market, to to change a franchise. That's not even a question to me. People who are saying that don't know what they're talking about. That's an Arizona Cardinals thing that Caleb Williams was doing. I agree. Like, this is the number one market for teams with one or cities with one team. New York right. has two. L.A. has two. This is still a town that you could make so much money in endorsing things. It's still the freaking Chicago Bears if they get this stuff right. Like, look at what a crap show Houston was a year ago. And then they made right. a couple of good hires and they, they put some people around C.J. Stroud. And look at now C.J. Stroud is thriving. Like, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? We actually just finished taping with D'Amico Ryans. He's going to be on PMT tomorrow. He's a like, really impressive cat, isn't he? He's awesome. And he is so, like, well-spoken and just, like, he's, you can tell in his head he's got a plan. And he's always had a plan. Like, I even brought up to him when we interviewed him, like, you had chances to be a head coach somewhere else. I think the Vikings might have interviewed him. And he turned him down because he was like, I'm not ready yet. And he basically was like, I need the right spot. And it's just like watching C.J. Stroud, who Justin Fields is better than in Ohio State. Like, that's the craziest part. It's coaching and organization being behind your coaches and having, like, a vision. It's so important. And it's just so frustrating watching other teams have success with young quarterbacks and being like, what's going on here? Why can't we do it? Why can't we figure it out? I, I, there are a couple of teams in, in, in the NFL that, I mean, ultimately, I don't think are going to be very good, but they've been fun to watch. The Texans, I mean, they're playing really good football right now. That That's, you know, even at 2-2, two and two, they're fun to watch. I've even enjoyed watch. dare I say, I've enjoyed watching the Arizona Cardinals play because they play hard. Our football team's not fun to watch for any reason at the moment. No yeah, reason. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, the only thing that we had that was fun was Justin Fields running, and he doesn't do that anymore. So it's not fun. There's yeah, nothing fun. It's not fun. Thursday night's going to be terrible. I got to get a tattoo after the Bears lose. I made a tattoo bet with PFT in June when I thought the Bears were going to be good. Now I got to get a tattoo. This is just over this little... game, though, right? It's just about this game. Yeah, it's just this game. You don't. They may. They may surprise them. No, Sylvie, what are you talking about? There he goes again. Big cat, there he goes again. again. There he goes again. We got with Tevin Jenkins is coming back. No, that defensive line is the real deal in in Washington. And Sam Howell looks great. Like, Sam Howell has done – he's had a couple ups and downs. He had the nine-sack game against the Bills. And then what did he do? He took the Eagles to overtime last week. And, like, that, that's what you want to see from a young quarterback, being able to bounce back from these situations that we just we haven't been able to see. I am and a little it's, surprised it's the number six, and it's down from seven. Yeah, it started and, and at like, seven. And I'm surprised Why? that you're so into Sam Howell. That, that well, Sam Howell, see. the great Sam Howell. Yeah, he's better than what we got right now. Oh, boy. Big Cat, what do you expect? He's the voice of the Bears now. I mean, like, I just, he's got to, he's got to keep game. his head up. We're not gonna. We're we're not good enough to beat our defense. It's really. I, and I, I'm being hard on Justin Fields. He was good on. You Sunday, are being so like. Yeah. 
he, he, I felt bad for. I said it after the game. I feel really bad for him because he tries. He, 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 you can tell that he cares a lot. It has not worked out. There have been games where it's been his fault. On Sunday against the Broncos, it was not his fault. That was a defensive problem. The defense is soft, and you have a defensive head coach who's supposed to be instilling this. What was it? What is this thing hit? That's hey. when we should have known it was a problem, guys. <laughs> yeah. We did an acronym Slogans. where the T in yeah. the acronym is the ball. Yeah, <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Think about that. It's the ball. That's two words, dude. That's not how an acronym works. Is it really? I don't even know what the hit stands for. Yeah. It's hustle, I'm intensity, I'm right. tackle. Tackle. Is it tackle? I, I believe the, the T's. I don't think it's the ball. I don't think so. I think I'm going to guess ball. against it. What is the hit? What is the, guys, what is the hit's principle? What are the, the H is I, for I, hustle, I, early I is in for the season, I remember this, right? T's for takeaways. Takeaways. Take All right, fine. Whatever. That was a good line right there. Let's that was good. it was the ball. That was. Either way, when you have an acronym, I already can tell, like, what are we talking yeah. about here? Go play football. What yeah. are we doing? Well, and for a pro team, you, sh- you, you shouldn't need that. Like, that should, right. that should be second nature. And then the whole conversations about, you know, Chase Claypool not having the answers there. Like, it's just, it's a joke Who right do you, now. It's we, an absolute joke. We had a conversation earlier because uh, Tyler said him and his buddies hate Claypool. And uh, Waddle and I, especially me, I said, I don't have enough of a body of work to really hate him or a moment where i He's really been here long him. enough like i i blame more polls for for giving up the 32nd overall pick and really getting fleeced on this um, yeah i like i'm yeah. not saying that clay pool's not blameless he is he missed his opportunity and he hurt himself Every bit as much as he hurt the Bears because he's going to make no money in his free agency. But I blame Poles for getting fleeced. He set his 32nd overall draft pick on fire and he burnt it and he's got no value anymore in the player and he can't even trade him anymore. So who are you more mad at? Are you more mad at Claypool or Poles? I guess Poles, and you're right. Like, it's not that I hate Claypool, although there are parts of like what I've seen this year that I've hated, you know not trying on blocks, just letting guys run by him and, and, and having the running back get you know blown up in the backfield. But I think it's like I hate what Claypool, uh, his value. I hate what his value was. If Chase Claypool was traded for a sixth-rounder, no one would really care, right? Like we'd be like, okay, who cares? We took a chance. If I was the team acquiring him and giving up a sixth-round pick, I would care because I would think yeah, that you'd overpaid. Point, yeah, at this point, but but my point is like if if the Bears had traded last year for Chase Claypool and it was a fifth, sixth rounder, would we be having this conversation? We'd just be like, you know what, good swing polls, right? You missed on this one, right? But it was a good shot to take with a young quarterback. The fact that it was literally a like it wasn't literally a first rounder, but it was a first rounder because it was a thirty second pick because the Dolphins had lost their pick. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Yeah, I'm not over it. Um, could we, could we, uh, I'll never be over. Can we, uh, can it like, we've already (laughs) gone through the process of talking about future coaches. We had a discussion about whether or not, you know, Bill Belichick will be available at the end of this year. Sylvie's trying to sell us on a Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels combo to come here. I, 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 well, uh, we're uh, turning our nose up at Belichick McDaniels. Big Cat, Big Cat, the first thing I said is Us. I can't believe I'm actually even thinking this, but 
at this point, I'm I'm I I probably would choose somebody different. Is that I, sacrilegious well, in the world of the NFL? Can, if you throw McDaniel's, I definitely don't want him because McDaniel's is a, a doofus. Even uh, as an OC, yeah, I, I that guy, I he he rubs me the wrong way. I I don't know. There's something about him I don't like. And then Belichick, like obviously best coach of all time. Yes, goes no thing. doubt. Uh, but everything's got a shelf life, doesn't it? There's and there's some weird stuff. That two point conversion the Cowboys converted on the Patriots on Sunday was weird. That was a weird. If people didn't see the game, it was. I think it was when it was seven or sixteen to three, and the Patriots go for an extra point. Or sorry, the Cowboys go for an extra point. The Patriots lined up like they were going all out trying to block the extra point, like the game was about to be over. <laughs> The Cowboys made a simple check and had the uh, tight end leak out and score an easy two-point conversion. And that was my first time being like, whoa, that was a real – those were the minor details that you could just always say the Patriots would never mess up. You know what I mean? Like, those things never happen to the Patriots. Ball security, like, killing themselves. I just – it's weird. I At think this it's point, weird what's going on. I'm with you. At this point, and, and like, Pete Carroll never going to be available – but if you said I could have Pete Carroll right now or Bill Belichick, I'd take Pete Carroll. Yeah. yeah. And I never I, thought I, I'd say one, that. One's not available. Well, neither's available. Well, one will probably... Well, we don't know that. ...maybe be available. True. But, I mean, like, if he... I, I'm. you got to tell me who else is on that list. I'm not just jumping at it, you know, and thinking that this is the answer. I, I need this some is- other options. This is why I've become, I'm going to be rooting for the Michigan Wolverines to win the national title so Jim Harbaugh can come home. Are you on the Harbaugh train now? Oh, I'm driving the the Harbaugh train. I'm driving the bus. I'll go pick him up in Ann Arbor. It is funny. I'll bring him here. It is funny because there were a lot of people recently that said, I don't want Jim Harbaugh on it. And I think there's been a massive shift with a lot of people in this town that they they see where we're at now. They're like, oh, yes, bring him in right now. Change the culture. all he's done is win everywhere he's been. It is Every true. Every single place it he's is been. true. He had a little hiccup at Michigan, but he's completely righted the ship, and they might be the best team in the country. Like, the guy has won at every stop. and We could use a red ass still. in this town mm-hmm. for a bit, too, yeah. right. we? Right. I want a Jim Harbaugh getting mad at people at press yeah. conferences and, like, and, and starting to play the football that we deserve. Because right now we're not playing football that, like, like you said, uh, Waddle, like we don't want to, like I don't even want to watch this. It's not fun to watch. You know who his DC is? Who I've got him bringing over as his DC? Vic Fangio. Well, no, he's in Miami. He's not leaving. Yeah, Miami. No, Vic doesn't home. have bring any answers for Buffalo. I, I, I've got Ron Rivera getting fired in DC and coming home to be the DC. Okay, yeah, again. I think my answer is still better, Vic Fangio. Well, of course, but he's not available. That's like the Pete Carroll well, thing. Here is Jim Harbaugh right now. We're playing in fantasy land. All this stuff is make believe. Greg Roman is the uh, OC again. Wait, I listen. We we're, we're gonna be we're gonna be great. We're gonna be just. We're fine. gonna be great. Just you just you said myself. that so soft, almost like you didn't want us to hear you say it. You're like we're gonna yeah. be really we're gonna be really great. This I'm like the cowardly lion right yeah. now. Like just, yeah, you're right. Here's, here, let me give you Jim's records. In three years <laughs> at San Diego, he was 29 and six. In four years at Stanford, he was twenty nine and twenty one, and he when his first year he had to turn it around. He was four and eight. By the time he left, he was twelve and one. At Michigan, he's been seventy six and twenty five. In the NFL, 
44-19-1, and three trips to the three NFC championships, and, and, and they should have won. Right? Didn't yeah. they? Didn't they? They ran a couple of bad plays on the goal line, didn't they? Wasn't that the problem? Well, no. It was. There was a couple. There was the one that, that Colin Kaepernick uh, overthrew Crabtree or something. Yeah, it got it got hit back. There was the game against the Giants. It wasn't it Kenny Williams done dropped all those punts. I think so. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. by the way, so he's one hundred and thirty four and fifty two in his time in college. 44-19-1 in the NFL. So the quick math is he's 178-71-1. as a coach. But he wears people That's out. It. But he wears people out, Waddle. Come to town and wear out my by ass Jim out, please. Yeah, Sign, me winning. Sign me up. Sign me I'll up. I'll be worn him. out by Jim Arbaugh. Yeah. Let him wear me out. <laughs> by the way, um... Uh, are, do you want to redo on any of the Taylor Swift thoughts? Uh, have you gotten no. hit hard on that? No. Oh, no? I'm getting, I'm getting crushed. Are you kidding me? I'm getting crushed. I got my messages are a dumpster fire right now. People are <laughs> wishing injury, death on me, my family, everything. But no, no I made redo. a joke. I make jokes for a living. I, I don't know what, I don't know what people like. The, the fact that people take things so literal. Is uh, it blows my mind, and yeah, if I if I apologize for a joke, then it's like, what do, what am I doing? Here? Yeah, part of me, part, part of me, part of me feels like, yeah, you definitely want to see what you talked about, though. No, I actually don't even. I, I don't even. even. I'm not so <laughs> sure about no, that. Come on now. Also, where's the Kelsey high standing up for him? He was part of it. So yeah, the the the, the people who just show up and uh, you know, I did tweet the clip out, so I probably should have done that. But even that, I don't care about. Like. If you take everything I say literally, we already are, we're never going to see eye to eye. I, I don't know what to what to say about that. Okay, the yeah. show is a, a sarcastic, facetious show. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a dumpster fire right now. I'm getting I'm getting dragged <laughs> everywhere. But I'm taking notes on who's. So do you read? Do you up. read those, or do you have to stay away? Do you are you good about staying away from the mentions? I've read. What I'll do is I'll read some, and then I'll mute the conversation. Like, all right, I got enough of that one understand we're never going to see eye to eye here move on so i've been doing that i'm i'm i feel great i'm not honestly do you ever crawl in under your bed and kind of you know just curl up in the fetal position just for like an hour to kind of get away from the bed or in the bed under the bed listen there have been times where i've done that and i've been like you know whatever controversy or ever and like i feel like the world this one is so black and white, like either you like, either you're okay with jokes or you're not. And if you're not, then we're never going to figure it out. Yeah. So, I yeah, it really doesn't. Put, this one has not bothered me at all. Has Taylor responded or has Tra- uh, Travis responded? <laughs> no, I, if Taylor responds, I could, I might be dead. I might die. <laughs> like the the Swifties might kill me. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Uh, and then it's going to get to Travis Kelsey. Oh, we don't really but know. I like yeah. Travis Kelsey, and he, I, we've had him on the show. I, I think he understands jokes. I think yeah, he understands. He jokes. would laugh at it, um, right? And then uh, finally, uh, we're going to play some Jed Hoyer sound here coming up. Um, would you call what the Cubs did a a choke, a collapse, or neither? Ooh, that is a tough, tough question. Um, I don't think it was a choke. I think it was probably more collapse, and I also put the collapse into some perspective that the post-All-Star break Cubs were playing at such a level that it was a little deceiving. Like, 
unfortunately, the way it broke out broke down, they ended up losing a bunch of games at the end of the season. It makes it feel like a collapse. But I think they kind of finished with the exact record that we all thought they would finish with. It's just where the wins and losses came. You know I what think- I mean? Like, if they had lost a bunch of games out of the All-Star break and then finished with an insane record, we'd all be like, oh, my God, they were so close. Look at this. They're building. I just kind of see it all as one big picture of, like, they were a good team, not great team that was, you know, had some serious holes that need to be fixed. I think even didn't Jed reference, I heard some of his, what he said was uh, uh, there was obviously that they they ran, he said like that, that there was some regression. There was some where they just, they became a team that they, they hadn't been in terms of the, they were not fielding the baseball the way that they were. So there was disappointment on that area or in that area. And also they were, you know, they, they weren't equipped to handle some of the injuries they had in their bullpen as well. So I think he, he was disappointed, obviously, but I think you're right. Big cat, like this team and, and your expectations change in all sports when the season is going on. But this team wasn't built to win a World Series. This team wasn't built right. to go to the NLCS. This team was... Their World, World Series was getting to the postseason, though. Yeah, well, right. I, I can that's, why, that, that's but... why I thought it was a disappointment. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say hashtag Big Cat and Sylvie were right, but we were right. I wanted them to go to the postseason, but we were right. We got a lot of... We got a lot of stuff for that around the All-Star break when they started ripping off wins. But Are you... if they don't re-sign Cody Bellinger, then we were very right. Well, that's what I was going to ask was a you big both. Mistake. Do you feel now, and again, like, it's all hindsight. I get it. Right. I mean, it's it's all, you know, no, outcome-based. No, 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 It's not hindsight. We were right in the moment. <laughs> and, right in the moment. I'm, I'm, no. I'm fine with what they did. I'm fine. <laughs> I, I like the candy Even if Bellinger doesn't come back. Yes. I like. I, I was along for the joyride then. I can't go back and, and, okay. and do it. Like, you got to. No, if they don't re-sign Bellinger, I'll be very upset. I'll what if, very what upset. if they replace him with. The, the, the stud pitcher with uh, the, in Japan and Pete Alonso. Shohei? Yeah. Right. Pete Alonso? Right. Yeah. I, like- would, I would sign Pete Alonso to the Cubs if, or trade for him if trade. he guaranteed that he would never do a home run derby again. Okay. He, you got to put the home run derby clause in this contract. Yes, because that guy takes the home run derby way too seriously. Too serious. You need to focus that energy on other things. So yes. If he agrees to that. Then fine. Do you, you know, know him? Do you know him? By the way, I don't. I oh, okay. Don't. All right. Well, you will now when he becomes what a polar bear and big cat. Yeah. Oh what yeah. Was, a couple was that animals. A was that a threat? <laughs> no. Are you going to clip this and tweet it at Pete Alonso? <laughs> you will now. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. You public enemy number one. Everybody's coming at you, buddy. All right. Listen. It's, it's get your shots in now. I'm like okay. Dion. Get your shots in now. It's never going to be as bad as this. <laughs> Big Cat, you're the best. We'll talk to you. See you, buddy. See you guys. Barstow Big Cat brought to you by RJ Curcio in the great Curcio Law Offices. If you need a personal injury attorney, give RJ a call. 312-321-1111 and Stella Blue Coffee. All right, uh, coming up next, you'll hear from Jed Hoyer. If you want to talk about the Cubs or the Bears, the Claypool uh, poll question that we have today. Potsy weighed in on the the poll question today. While we were having a conversation, I'll bring that back later once we get back into that. Um, so we have plenty of time for you. We are guest-free the rest of the way. 312-332-3776.
ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. We're watching the uh, playoff game right now. Raldis Chapman just uh, got out of the inning for Texas. Did you see the uh, attendance for this game? I did not. All right, so the Rays are really good. The Rays are hosting this playoff game against the Rangers. The Rays never draw people. But it's a playoff game. Right. Sort of like, remember when the Braves used to, to go to the postseason every year and their building was always half full? How many people do you believe is at this? 24,000. 24,000. Meller, uh, Tyler, did you guys look to I see? I have not. But I don't even, I, I've just been thinking lately about how, is Tampa even a sustainable city for like a major sports team? Well, they're, they're supposed to uh, build the new stadium. I know. But they don't seem like they're really excited about it. I'm going to guess, I think Wiles right in the neighborhood. I'll say 22,000. 22, Tyler. I'll go lower. I'll go 20. 19,704. For game one of a playoff series. And this was after, like, wasn't it reported that the Major League Baseball attendance over the, yes. the was up 8 or 9%? Like, yes. o- over 70 million, I guess. Yeah. But it's a Tuesday afternoon. They don't have a big uh, season ticket holder base. So I wonder, you I know. Am, but, geez, come on, 19,000. That's light. Yeah. But they don't do any. They never do attendance. I don't know. I, 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 was that always like they've gone to the postseason a lot? Is that usually what they would draw early? I think when they were like with Joe Madden making runs to the World Series, they were selling out. But I, I, it's, a, it's a smaller is, is city. I think they've had an air per person in the stadium today. I think everyone's gotten an air. Really? Everyone that's there today gets their own personal air. Yeah. I think they've committed four or five airs today. Wow. Crazy. Uh, so oh, Jed Hoyer did meet the media today. Uh, Pat Boyle tweeted, he said, or texted us, and he said, like, you talk about, we, we've we had a lot of discussions lately about how to conduct yourself at the podium. And and it's no coincidence, I don't think, that Jed does well, too. He, in two years, he went from selling into being in the po almost being in the postseason. He was in the postseason race. He's a good communicator, always has been. When they're winning, when they're losing, whatever the case may be, he's always been a good communicator. So Hoyer today talked about the Cubs falling short of making the postseason. I I don't sugarcoat it. I call it, at the very least, a collapse. I get it. At the beginning of the year, I said they were an 84-win team, and that's basically where they were. So you would think a lot of people would say, well, they met your expectations. But it changes based on where they were a couple of weeks ago when they were four games up on the last wild card spot. So they should have been in the postseason. They should be playing today. Uh, Jed Hoyer sort of agrees with me on this. Take a listen. When we were 10 games under in the middle of June, um, these guys still believed, and it was pretty amazing thing from my seat to listen to them talk about how good they thought the team was when we were 10 games under. Um, you know, in the middle of July, when we were after the All Star break, we were still we were seven games under, and these guys were begging me not to break the team up and begging me not to make trades, which is really impressive. Um, these guys believed through all that, and you know, they went on a heck of a run. I think we went from you know ten under to twelve over over a three month period, and um, it was fun to watch 
we just didn't finish the race. Uh, painfully, we did not finish the race. And, um, you know, certainly there's positives to take from the season, both organizationally um, and certainly positives to take from, as a major league team. But, um, you know, right now we're sort of st- stuck thinking about, you know, what could have been and thinking about the, you know, the painful last two and a half, three weeks. And um, you can't call something that um, falls short of your goals a success. So ultimately we have to live with that. Um, I know it'll motivate me all winter, and I know talking to our players and coaches and front office, I, I know it's going to motivate them. I like that he used that, and I said that there is a lot of nuance there. I said it last week. There's a difference between not calling something a success and calling something a failure. I would never call this year for the Cubs a failure, but I certainly, after they collapsed, I wouldn't call this year a success either. No, I think your expectation levels change once you see a good body of work from your team. So I think after they put themselves in position, I believe they had like an 85-plus percentage you know, probability of making the postseason. And it's kind of the way that, that they, they dwindled. Like their hallmark was playing really good defense. And they kicked the ball around. Like, they went through a stretch, too, where their bullpen was unhittable. And then they kept giving up runs late. And some of that was because of attrition, and you didn't have a lot of guys that were available. And But, yeah, I mean, your, your expectation level changed when you saw who they were, and you were expecting them to be in the postseason. So I can understand why you're disappointed, but I would never say, you know, I, would never say, I wouldn't say this season was a success, but I wouldn't say this was some sort of dramatic failure this year. I believe way or shape fan graphs had them at 93% to make yeah. the playoffs. 93%. Yeah. Sep- it was uh, after September 6th when they finished off their sweep of the Giants. And that's why I would say that it's on the brink of a choke when they play and kick the baseball around with a lot of players who usually would field when you're Saya and you drop that ball, when yeah. you, you're Dansby and you field well all year, and, and you're in half a gold glover and you continue to botch the baseball in those really important games, you're playing baseball uncharacteristically bad. It's different when all of a sudden you go in an 0 for 12 slump. That's just the nature of the sport. The way they were playing down the stretch was not the nature of the game. That was the pressure getting to them. This is Jed Hoyer about Cody Bellinger's free agency. You know, we sat down with him on Sunday. I had a, a long conversation. We've had really good dialogue throughout the whole year. Um, and he loves Wrigley Field and he loves the, the fans. And I think his experience was fantastic. And obviously our experience with him was fantastic. And, um, you know, we'd love to bring him back. We'll have a lot of conversations with him. Obviously, it's a process. And that process does not start now. You know, it's going to obviously it's going to you know play out for a while. But, um I thought I told him this. It's rare to have a guy come in on a one-year deal and have that kind of connection with the fans by the you know, in the middle of the season. It was really special, and he deserves a lot of credit for how hard he plays and the way he played. I think that's what created that. Um, yes, I do think that um, you know the, the 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 contributions he made will have to be replaced. I think that's like you know um, obviously you know, like I said we'd love to bring him back, but. Um, in a world where that's somewhat uncertain, we do have to figure out a way to, to replace that offensive. Did he slip at the end there? Did he almost slip into saying the contributions will have to be replaced? Not if we lose him. Almost like, did he almost go into a mode like the contributions will have to be replaced? Remember, 
they like I, I know you want them to be the Cubs and I know you want them to flex their muscle and I know you want them to spend. But they, so should you. Yeah, but I there's also the choice that they have made when they have chosen not to re-sign KB. They have chosen not to re-sign Javi. They have chosen not to re-sign Wilson. They have made the right choices to not spend big money, long-term money. And they haven't made the wrong choice on any player yet. So maybe they maybe they choose not to re-sign Cody Bellinger, not because the money is too rich, but they don't believe he's worth it. That's fine. Then sign somebody else. Right. Right. I mean, is is Soto a guy that you would be interested in signing, well, or do you, or have, to you have to trade for him? For him. Yeah, he's, trade for he's him. still got one more year. Yeah. One more year left. You, you, I mean, I just, you have your choice. You want Soto? Yeah, of course you do. Like that's not even a question. Bellinger. As far as a better player than Bellinger. Yes. And I know people are going to be mad if they don't sign him. But they're going to be mad in the moment. I think Jed is approaching this as it's if it's going to be, I don't even know, $250, $300 million. That's going to be the ballpark that Boris is going to be asking for, for Bellinger. But what if they do decide that he's, you know, this wasn't an anomaly? That's different then. Well, listen, I I mean, I get it. If they decide that, hey, listen, this was was a one-off. I can't invest $250 million in a player that this was a pop-up year where he played exceptionally well, but the last three years were, were not good. If, I, if you have any questions at all, you then know what I'm it not going to... Like, part of the reason that Bellinger was so great this year is because you had him on that one-year deal at that price. The reality is, though, I, like... I think Jed could think he still has five great years left like he just did, but still not want to sign him for 10 years at $300 million, right? Like Because they, he doesn't want to find himself in a situation where he's got the, another Jason Hayward contract on his hands, you know? For sure. For sure. That's a, it's a long, long commitment. And there may be other so players. So who's that, available? Is, is, who's the pitcher, the lefty, that's probably going to win the Cy Young from San Diego? Blake Snell. Is he available? He's a free agent. And and I think and I, I don't know the name of the Japanese pitcher they've been scouting who just recently threw a no-hitter. They went over there to scout him the start after he threw the no-hitter. We know Shohei's available as a hitter this year, and then you will have to project on the pitching and get creative with that. Look, I you don't know what he's ever going to contribute as a starting pitcher. My only thought, and it's not just for your team, it's for every team in Major League Baseball, especially teams in big markets. If your evaluation is is that there's too much risk here for whatever reason, fine. But if you're just going to get outbid because you're looking for somebody to take a hometown discount, then shame on you. Right. With that, I agree with. Yoshinobu Yamamoto? Yes. Is so is he a free agent? Is he going to be available to post or whatever? However they do it these days in Japan? Because that that's another player that I believe that is going to be available. They need pitching. You cannot go to important games in September and start just throwing guys like the Cubs were. Like, the Cubs did not have enough starting pitching going down the stretch. They had to promote guys from the, from the minor leagues. They had to cross their fingers on Assad. They had to cross their fingers with Stroman down the stretch. You know, you had to hope that Kyle Hendricks would give you five or six good innings. It's Justin Steele at the top is not enough greatness at the top of that rotation. They need someone else who's really, really good at the top of that rotation. I mean, and I think that this team has come to the point where 
you should expect your team to spend. Of course. Maybe not last year, maybe not the year before, but now you've come out of the darkness, out of the wilderness a little bit here. You've got a nice core. You're a fun team. You do things the right way. Now you would hope that that the decisions that they're going to make aren't going to be based on financials. Three three two three seven seven six. We'll continue this conversation Ooh, and find tomorrow. the great. You smell it? Yeah. Uh, find the great coming up, and then we'll get back into the Chase Claypool conversation, the latest on that today. Uh, Justin Fields spoke on that a lot today. We will play that for you um, and talk some bears with you, but we're on the Cubs right now. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, guess who called in? This could be our, our Find the Great. It's uh, all brought to you by Great Clips. We love he was calling guys. in to break down the uh, the Bulls' prospects in the East now. now that, he wants uh, nothing to do with talking hoops these and days. And the Bucks have made adjustments. No, no. Uh, let's uh, get into Find the Great brought to you by Great Clips. It's time to find the great on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Find the great, presented by Great Clips. The Cubs continue to try to find the great, and then I looked up on our call list, and there are a lot of people who do want to talk Cubs. We will get to your phone calls if you want to talk Bears, 332-3776. We'll get to your calls as well, and I see <laughs> Friedel. It just says Friedel on line four. Freedom! And it is uh, who he is free to these days. It is uh, Freedom Friedel. <laughs> who calls it? What are you mad about? Are you mad about uh, our Cubs conversation, or do you just want to give your two cents? Uh, I, I'm a little mad. I had to come in from the beach to uh, to call you guys. So, you know, in that regard, I, were, I do have a little extra time on my hands these days. You were listening to us on what the beach? beach. What beach were you at? Walking the beach outside Jacksonville here. Very and nice. I, I had to come in because... I wanted to have the Cubs conversation, which is, and Sylvie, you were spot on. In the last few years, when they have decided not to re-sign the big stars, they've been right. And Jed has that track record now. But I want the Cubs to spend money. If they decide to Bellinger at 28, can't maintain it the same way for years to come, okay, they've, they've earned that right over the last few years of decisions. But last summer... They signed Swanson, and they signed Tyon, and then what? It was Bellinger on a, a make-good one year and nothing. And I actually looked last night. This is what had me laughing about all of it. The Cubs are 12th in Major League Baseball in payroll. Guys, explain to me how that is possible. Wrigley Field is the cash cow of cash cows. They got marquee the network. They got every, basically every building in Wrigleyville have redone it and have all these revenue streams coming in. They've got the concerts coming in. How in the world are the Cubs 12th in payroll? So I just don't want Jed in the next few months to have the next press conference and go out and say, oh, well, it's all about in, in, <laughs> intelligent spending again. Because intelligent spending isn't Jed. 
Intelligent spending is big time, and I want to see him sign the checks to bring in people who will make this team that much better. I, listen, I would say that I, I, I can't give him hell for not spending a ton, ton of money last year, but I can now, Nick. I mean, now I think your team is ready to roll. Now's the time that you invest. It's time to hit the accelerator. Yeah. The, the break that I would give them, Nick, is coming off the COVID year when they did win the division in the short season or they made it to the playoffs, whatever it was, the National League wild card. They did make the postseason in 2020. They blew it up in 2021. So that's the start of the rebuild. You go 71 and 91, 74 and 88. And in 2023, you go 83 and 79. That's a pretty quick fix where you've bolstered the the minor leagues and now you're back with the arrow up. Now it's time, like you said, to step on the gas, play in the big boy pool and and spend the money and use the influx of minor league talent that you've built up along with big time free agents. But Sylvia, I agree with you completely, and you and I have been texting about it, but that's why I couldn't get too bent out of shape after the meltdown or choke job or whatever, or collapse, whatever that was in the last few weeks, because this team wasn't built to be that good. But my point now, and I think we all agree on this, is they're ready to start being that good again. And when you have the solid base that they have, that's when you have to start adding and paying for the top-level talent. Because even if they don't keep Bellinger, Bellinger is a star. I mean, he is one of the guys in the league. When you look at this Cubs team, they don't have that guy. I mean, that what they built with Rizzo and Brian and Javi, it was awesome. And it was fun to watch. But there were guys that you were paying to see come to the park, aside from just, hey, let's go have a couple beers at Wrigley. So I think that's the key for me as a fan watching this unfold is yes. I want to see what happens in the next couple of months, and I want to see what kind of money is behind whatever talk there may be. They have a bunch of nice players. They need a, they need a stud. They need, they need a dudes. stud pitcher, and they need a stud hitter or two. That's for sure. All right, Nick, we got to run, all right? Go back, go back, to, the go back to the beach. <laughs> all you guys later. Freedom, freedom. Freedom! <laughs> that that's our that that's what we should call him these days until until he's got something new. Someone said they want him to do a weekly segment with us. I don't know if that, that violates was stuff. Was that you? You no, tweeted it wasn't, that, but I would do it. That's our find the great. We found our great Nick Friedel on the beach. He is truly great. We love him. And uh, if you want to weigh in on the Cubs conversation, do you want to talk some Bears with us? Do you expect Justin Fields to build on what he did in the first three quarters in this last game against Denver on Thursday night against Washington? And who do you blame more for the failures of Chase Claypool? Is it Ryan Poles for giving up what he gave up, or is it Chase Claypool? 332 We'll get to all of your calls coming up next.